Today on Ag News Daily. Cattle, depends on what stage of production they're in. Uh, the older they get, the heavier they are, they, they can handle more stress. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Madison Honkamp here reporting for the Ag News Daily Podcast. And today I am joined by Mike Pearson. Mike, how are you doing? I am fantastic, Madison. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm actually at my neighbor's house today. Daycare was closed, so just make uh, just making sure the kids don't kill each other over here. Well, the important question is, Madison, it is July 3rd. Have mm-hmm. you bought the kids fireworks yet? No, I haven't. <laughs> that's more you of... You need to get those little guys something to explode. Yeah, that's more of... Um, my dad's thing he likes to get every kid we know anything that will annoy their parents so i think i'll leave that up to him i think that's just good practice (laughs) frankly i mean if you especially if they're other people's kids that's the way you want to be oh yes definitely that's that's definitely my parents motto and they've already warned me about it for when i have kids so (laughs) wonderful you know, get them started young, load them up on bush light and fireworks, oh, and yeah. send them home. Yeah, I guarantee like you idea. won't be asked back to babysit. Oh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the 4th of July, that is coming up tomorrow, the celebration of America's Independence Day. Sorry, Canadian friends. We know you had Canada Day here uh, a little bit ago, but uh, escaped our notice. But uh, we are definitely celebrating the 4th. There will be no podcast tomorrow because we will be busy trying to blow off our own digits with fireworks. But Madison, what do you got planned for the 4th of July? Um, Honestly, I think I'm going to be going over. One of my friends just bought a house. um, So and they're retiling tomorrow, actually. That's like their plan. So I think I'm going to go help over there and then go watch some fireworks tomorrow night. Fantastic. Are Mm -hmm. you going to grill any meats? Oh, definitely. Probably. They just got a new grill. So, you know, we have to, okay. we have to get that out, obviously. Absolutely. You got to christen the grill. That's yeah, the way to do it. Exactly. Throw some steaks on there, season her up just right. <laughs> definitely. What about you, Mike? What are your plans? Very similar, minus the tiling. I do not plan on doing any housework tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow is a day of reflection. I will read the declaration, probably, and then begin blowing stuff up. Oh, of course. That's that's the way, how you're supposed to yeah. c- uh, uh, celebrate the 4th of July. Absolutely. Listeners, let us know what you've got planned. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. Search for Ag News Daily. Let us know what your plan entails. I've already seen some great tweets this morning of truck beds literally full of beer and fireworks. I imagine there are many of our listeners who have very similar things planned. Let us know how it goes. Uh, we got the day off. No, a lot of you are going to have to be working you know, keeping the uh, keeping the old livestock fed or, you know, the wheels of commerce in motion for that. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And uh, let us know what you're up to. Find us on Facebook or on Twitter or on Insta. Can they write to us on Instagram? Yeah. Madison, I've never used it. Yeah. Uh, this is all your. <laughs> so people can actually tag us in their photos of anything they're doing for the fourth. You know, if they're out feeding livestock in the field, you know, whatever. Let us know what you're doing. We can repost it and tag you, give you a little bit of a shout out. We just really want to see, you know, how you guys are spending your fourth and really just how you've been contributing to the industry. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Listeners, check that out. Find us there. 
utilize that Insta. And uh, Madison, but before we get to really the 4th of July, we got to get this podcast wrapped up. So what, yeah. what news is jumping out at you today? Let's get this sucker done. Well, you know, speaking of the 4th of July, this article came out of Bloomberg this morning, I believe. And they're really talking about how America's meat companies just can't really seem to catch a break. Um, you know, with the cost of feed rising with the weather, but also because of coal, just kind of chilly weathers that we, not right now, but what we had earlier in the season, as well as the rain, it kind of pushed grilling season back. And those meat packers really haven't seen the same types of, you know, sales that they normally do, especially around this um, month and especially around the 4th of July, because that is a huge, you know, day for grilling, but they just really haven't seen it. Um, and they really touch on how much the weather has really delayed this grilling season, as well as pushing prices down amid, um, just with meat production in general. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, we've talked to a lot of our analysts about mm -hmm. the delay in grilling season with the wetness and the cold weather and what that's done to demand. However, we do continue to see very, very strong kill paces, at least at beef plants. Mm -hmm. And uh, listeners, uh, you know, I'm not as up to date on the, the hog kill as I should be, but I believe they have also been running very, very strong and exports have been good. So we are still seeing demand out there, but yeah, it's just not where we need it to be to get prices to move. And Madison, you touched on higher feed prices. Mm -hmm. Listeners, if any of you were watching the market today, we did see corn and beans and wheat all take a major jump higher today. And we definitely felt that in the feeder cattle market, which we'll get to in just a little bit. But Madison, I think you hit the nail on the head. This is this has been a struggle for, uh, for meat producers for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I don't think a lot of people have really kind of notice the impact it has had on meat producers, especially with the weather, because that has what they've touched on the most. You know, it's mostly been affecting planting, but, you know, when it affects planting, it affects everything else down the line. Yes, it does. So, folks, get out there, support the American meat producers, whether hog, poultry, chicken, uh, pork, fish, whatever. I guess poultry and chicken are, are synonymous. But whatever it is, get out there, eat meat. If you got to eat fake meat, some kind of pea protein burger, go for it. We need to support the American pea growers as well. I think that's fantastic. But, you know, you know it isn't real meat. It's not as good. You as just won't be supporting. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, <laughs> frankly, I, I am not going to invite you to my barbecue if that's all you want to eat. <laughs> You're not welcome. Bless your heart. You know, if you want to eat a vegan imitation meat product, I think that's fantastic. You have every right to do so, but not in my house. Definitely. Well, what's sticking out for you, Mike? Well, you know, the big news was confirmation from uh, White House Economic Advisor Larry Kudlow that the ec that the trade talks between the U.S. and China are going to resume in earnest next week. Um, apparently, both the U.S. and China have been in phone conversation, getting things sort of prepped. They're kind of planning for the plan to plan the summit, but they do say that uh, th these things are going to get underway very, very quickly. Now, now, I've got to put a caveat in here. Of course, with all of these discussions with China, we have not always 
been delivered as promised. And so Larry Kudlow came out this morning and he said these talks are going to start next week. And then uh, a little bit later, he kind of pulled back a bit and uh, said they're going to start soon. So hopefully it's next week. That was that seemed very confident when he said that this morning. But, you know, at least at least it'll be soon. At the very least, we're having phone conversations with the uh, the trade counterparts in China. Maybe we're going to get the ball rolling on something here sooner rather than later. So, Madison, we'll just have to keep our eyes out and see what happens as we get through this holiday weekend. Yes, we definitely will. And speaking of trade, Mike, um, some an article came out today with the USMCA agreement, and really time is running out. Um, they really touched on... How, you know, there are 12 legislative days left before the long August recess for Congress. And they're really saying, you know, if uh, ratifying this bill doesn't happen this year, it might not happen. Um, Because it is going to be even harder to ratify the trade pact in 2020. Right then we're in an election Mm -hmm. year. Yeah. And that's just a mess. Yeah, definitely. Oh, boy. Okay, so the the clock is really running on Mm -hmm. USMCA, at least for the American side of the legislation. Yeah, and um, I was kind of surprised by this because I know Speaker Nancy Pelosi did um, kind of touch on, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago maybe, that she did want this. She did want to see it passed. She just wanted to see it passed correctly. Um, And I think what's really going to put a setback for the USMCA agreement is, you know, the Trump administration pushing Congress to ratify it and Congress or the House specifically might just kind of take their time even. Right. It's kind of a way to just stick it to the president Mm -hmm. in a sense. Yeah, that's I think that's kind of um, what they're doing a little bit with this, but. Absolutely. Politicians will play politics. It's what they do. Mm -hmm. They definitely will. But we have some politics that can have uh, interesting impacts on the economy. And we saw part of that earlier today. U.S. stocks on Wednesday here, just heading into the 4th of July holiday, all major indexes closed at record highs. Basically, the trade is anticipating that we are going to see the Federal Reserve put into place some interest rate cuts as we get throughout the year. Plus, there continues to be fairly decent demand. The trade deficit from the U.S. hit a five-month high. And remember, when we talk about the trade deficit, a lot of times it gets construed as something negative, like we're, we're losing dollars, and we are. We're losing dollars, but we're getting goods in return, stuff that we want. It's a sign of a a relatively strong consumer class, which is what drives so much of the U.S. economy. Um, So that was good news. The S&P 500 was up uh, 22 points. The Dow was up 179 points. And NASDAQ was up 61 points. And it's worth noting that the S&P finished today at 2,995.8 points, almost close to Dow 3,000, which is just fun. Round numbers are always kind of fun, Madison. And Mm -hmm. maybe this is one of those things that helped spur some bidding in the live cattle complex, which we'll get to when we get to the markets in just a second. Yes, definitely. And, you know, would um, kind of bringing back the trade talks with China, would that have an effect on this, Mike? 
Absolutely. It's between the trade thinking that the Fed's going to cut interest rates and maybe help the economy in that regard Mm -hmm. and that we're going to maybe come to some kind of conclusion or at least get rid of the uncertainty of the trade war with China. Another huge buying factor. And uh, those two things combined with a reasonably strong consumer sent the stock market higher just as all the traders were getting ready to head out for their their weekend of celebrating the fourth. That's awesome. Well, and one last article that I have here, Mike, was relating again to the whole Roundup um, court case with Bayer, Monsanto, and the U- a U.S. judge on Tuesday said that he would actually reduce the $80 million damage award against Bayer Ag to $50 million or less. Um, this was due to the man that brought up this court case actually being in remission from um, the cancer that the Roundup and caused or said was yeah, caused. Yeah, the so, court, the court yep. said Roundup caused the cancer, yep. so that's... Yep, but since he is the way in, it sits. Yep, so they said that since he is now in remission and there is no really anything that could happen to worsen his condition that they can now reduce the award. All right. Well, case, that so. is good news for Bear. They have Definitely. been looking for ways to sort of limit their risk in this whole roundup uh, trial season. So good news there, you know, bad news if you're a plaintiff trying to get your uh, your share of them dollars out yes. of this uh, this roundup thing. So Definitely. we'll keep an eye on it. 50 million is still a chunk of change. It it really is, but it's less than 80 million. It it sure is. Madison <laughs> Hunt Cup, we can't put anything by you. I know, right? <laughs> well, do you know what is also less than 80 million dollars, Madison? What's that, Mike? December corn closing the day at 441 and a quarter. What do you say? Should we jump in and see where all the rest of the market's closed? Let's do it. All right, folks. And our markets are brought to us by our friends at the Zaner Group. Remember, folks, it is never too late in the growing season to put a plan in place to deal with either unpriced old crop bushels that you don't know what to do with in a rally or unpriced new crop bushels that you're concerned about heading into the growing season. Give our friends at Zaner a call. You can reach them at 312-277-0050 or visit them on the web at Zaner, Z-A-N-E-R.com and tell them you heard it on Ag News Daily. In the corn market, as I mentioned, the other thing that went into recession was the bear market in the grains. September corn closed up 17 and three quarter cents at 436 and three quarters. December up 15 and a quarter, closed the day, as I mentioned, at 441 and a quarter. In soybeans, the August was up 10 cents to finish at 889 and three quarters. November new crop also up 10, closed the day at 908 and three quarters. Chicago wheat, big rally as well. The September was up 10 and three quarters to finish at 514 even. December up nine and three quarters, closed the day at 525 and a quarter. Mixed trade in the cattle complex with live catching a bid and feeders, as you'd expect, the 14 cent gain in corn prices uh, took a little bit of a hit. In live cattle, the August contract was up $1.35 at 105.45, with the October up 95 cents, finishing the day at 106.30. In feeder cattle, the August contract down $1.80, closed at 136.57.50. September down $1.87.50 to finish the day at 136.95. Lean hogs also a little bit of weakness today. 
the August contract was down 60 cents to close at 78.37.50, with the October down 25, finishing up at 78, excuse me, 72.80. Jumping over to the dairy market, we did see a little bit of weakness today. The July Class 3 milk contract was off 6 cents at 17.31, with the August down 8 finishing the day at 17.82. Before we jump into our interview with Dr. Brent Meyer, it is, of course, time for that minute with our good friend, the Hot Rod Farmer. Welcome to the Hot Rod Farmer Minute. I am Ray Bohax from the Farm Machinery Digest website and the Idle Chatter podcast found on the Global Ag Network. In the vernacular of engines, the timing cover, oil pan, and valve covers are identified as sheet metal. In agriculture, the definition is expanded to include any light-grade metal enclosure that contains a liquid or lubricant. Often sheet metal parts are hard to seal. Most applications use a gasket between the cover and the main component. A major frustration is a persistent leak even after the gasket has been changed. By employing the following measures, it will be fixed right the first time. If the leak site is very hard to access, try Permatex Spray Sealant Leak Repair. It is an excellent product. If you do end up changing the gasket, make sure you thoroughly clean the sealing surface of both the cover and the part. Perform a visual inspection for imperfections and high and low spots. Any difference that is greater than the gasket thickness will leak. The major cause of warped sheet metal is over-tightening. The bolts just need to be snug to marry the cover with the gasket and only slightly depress it. If RTV is used, keep in mind that it means room temperature vulcanizing. The sealer will not cure and form a gasket in a cold or hot environment. Do not add any liquid to the sheet metal enclosure until the sealer is cured. If possible, it is best to leave it overnight. Just because the gasket fits does not mean it is made from the proper material for the task or liquid that needs to be contained. It is wise to use name brand or original equipment gaskets. There is a reason why they cost more. Install the cover in all fasteners so they just touch the sheet metal, then incrementally and in a crisscross fashion make them all snug. Let the gasket rest for a few minutes and then go around the perimeter of the cover, snugging all the bolts evenly. If possible, repeat after a few thermal cycles. Thanks for listening to the Hot Rod Farmer Minute. All right, big thanks to Ray. Check out the Hot Rod Farmer podcast. You can find it at theglobalagnetwork.com. And for our interview, we're going to talk about some of the stresses that cattle feel and exactly what that can do to their vaccine readiness. And we're going to do that with Dr. Brent Meyer from Merck. Well, folks, I'm up here at uh, Iowa State University in Ames, Iowa, at the NCBA Stockmanship and Stewardship Clinic. We're talking to a lot of experts in the fields today, and um, we are going to begin by talking to Dr. Brent Meyer. And, Brett, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? So I'm a tech service veterinarian with Merck Animal Health on the cattle side. Uh, I live by Newell, Iowa, and I've been with Merck for seven years. Prior to that, I owned a practice uh, for about 13 years. And so um, I go around the country and, and help with uh, 
problems with cattle, doing research, uh, vaccines particularly. And uh, so that's kind of what, what we do. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about vaccines. You're, you're addressing the panel on Saturday. You're addressing the group here. What, what are you going to be talking about? What's really on your mind as we get into the summer of 2019? Yeah, so we're going to focus on making the most of your vaccines. Uh, you know, we our slogan here is, you know, what Merck Animal, how Merck Animal Health works for you. Uh, and so we're going to talk about how uh, cattle stress uh, affects vaccine response. Uh, you know, so producers, they, they, they make the investment in the vaccines, they, they give them to the cattle, and they expect them to perform uh, like we want them to perform. Uh, but the thing that kind of messes that up or muddies it up is uh, stress on, on cattle uh, and how that uh, inhibits that vaccine response. So we're going to talk about things that we can do to mitigate that. Uh, so a lot of discussion tomorrow is going to be uh, cattle handling, uh, low stress handling. Uh, it's all going to play into uh, that aspect uh, of improving that and also get a, a better vaccine response. So when you're thinking about vaccine responses, do different types of stress cause different kinds of responses? Like, I mean, if it's a hot day and I'm, I'm running cattle through the chute doing some vaccinations, even if I'm handling them with perfect low stress handling, you know, practices, am I still going to see perhaps a detrimental impact from the vaccine or at least not the the optimal uh, vaccine impact? Yeah, so we, we consider stress as like a stair step. Uh, so, you know, cattle, depends on what stage of production they're in. Uh, the older they get, the heavier they are, they, they can handle more stress. Uh, but if you're talking about the cow-calf guy that, you know, working calves going to grass, branding or, or pre-weaning time, uh, you know, the, the heat is one, uh, the dry weather is another stressor. Uh, there's also, you know, we talk about the, the humane handling of them and, and cattle movement can be a stress. Uh, the other thing we're going to talk about is actually vaccines uh, can actually add stress as well. Uh, some of the gram-negative uh, vaccines that we use to control, BRD, pink eye, uh, that sort of thing. If we're not managing that correctly on these calves, we can actually add another stair step to that stress scale. Uh, and so it, it, I just look at it as a stair step. Uh, so if, if we can do as, as producers to limit some of those steps, uh, we should help our vaccines perform better. So no, I'd never considered the idea that vaccines could cause stress in themselves. You know, I always think about, you know, you just the handling aspect of it. What kind of responses should we be looking for? What kind of stress gets put on cattle utilizing some vaccines? Yes, we all heard the adage of uh, cattle are sweating. Uh, That's kind of an older term. But uh, you visually see after vaccine that the calves are slow, maybe dumpy, uh, back off feed. Not necessarily sick, but you can see, you know, visually there's something wrong with those uh, cattle. And it typically goes back to, uh, you know, the, the endotoxin load or, like I said, the gram-negative part of those vaccines. That endotoxin can affect that immune system, that calf goes into a little bit of stress or call it a sweat. And uh, if it's excessive, we can get a poor immune response to other parts of the vaccine as well. And so, you know, as Merck goes, uh, you know, we put a lot of research into mitigating that stress load in the vaccine before we get it to the cattle. Uh, and we're pretty confident in that. And so it actually allows more flexibility to, uh, if we need to give uh, more of those gram negatives, like add a pink eye or, or something, we get more, we have more safety, I would say, with, with our portfolio with those calves. Gotcha. Now, as we sit here, of course, you spend a lot of time in the trenches working with producers, working with different vaccines. What in your mind is one of the tools that the producers, a newer tool that producers really need to consider putting in their toolbox this year? I would say we've, a lot of research has gone to internasal vaccinations, uh, you know, just bypassing that systemic part. 
Uh, if we can get that vaccine just in the nasal mucosa, that's a quick uptake. Uh, typically, it's a low endotoxin, low in those products. That's a lot of flexibility. We get protection, obviously, but a lot of flexibility on those calves if we need to add more products. And uh, we also aren't going to cause that stress load on those calves. So that'd be a big thing to, to look at uh, as a flexibility on a vaccine program. Fascinating. Now, what else is new coming out of Merck this year or in the past uh, 18 months or so? You guys are always coming up with cool stuff. What are you excited about here? A lot of things. Uh, you know, if you look at Merck as a company, we have a lot of stuff in the pipeline coming out. Uh, one that's been doing really well, uh, the once PMHIN, uh, that's internasal vaccine for pneumonia. We have a coronavirus that goes internasally for some producers. Banamine transdermal uh, is a huge mover for us right now uh, for, for pain control and foot rot and BRD fever reduction. Now, for, for listeners who maybe don't know what we're talking about, Banamine, uh, Advil for cattle. I mean, if, if we're thinking about it in a, in a liberal arts sense, um, but transdermal. So it's a boron, basically. Yep, it's a boron. It's a pretty neat formulation. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty concentrated. You pour it in the back of the cattle. It absorbs through the hide. Uh, and we've looked at the look at blood levels compared to the traditional IV that we've done in the past. By three hours post-administration with the Bambi transdermal, it equals an IV. So it's very fast acting, but it, the, the tail of it lasts longer. And so uh, it's been really doing well in, in the production system. You know, we talk about animal welfare, that sort of thing as well. We've done uh, welfare studies uh, in, in the shoot, looking at IV versus the poron. And with the poron, we have less vocalization in the shoot by the cattle. The, the exit scores is lower. Uh, what does that mean? What's an exit score? Exit score is, is it kind of gives you, when you open the chute, let the cattle out. If they're kind of, st if they're stressed while in the chute or coming up to the chute, they're agitated, you open the head gate and they tear out really quick uh, versus they come in uh, calm and we handle them easily. We're not uh, wrestling them very much, open the chute and they go out slower. Uh, and that equals stress load as well. So the cattle that go out slower have lower stress on them. Interesting. I don't think any of my cattle have uh, very low exit scores. This is something I have to work on. This is something that, that I'm, I learn every time I get to come to these sort of things. When you look out at the industry as a whole, we have spent a long time focusing on beef quality assurance, focusing on, on ensuring the producers are doing better jobs than I do. What have you seen in the industry? Are we making the right steps, do you think? Yeah, we are. I'm out there and, and we talk to producers and and, uh, you know, they're looking at that, you know, as far as the, the BQA aspect, uh, it's well known that certain products you give them uh, in a wrong way that causes, you know, lesions and that sort of thing. We're getting away from that. Uh, and that's where, you know, some of the poron products we're having, we're, we're removing that. Internasal vaccines, we're seeing a lot of uptake on that. So producers are very uh, cognizant of, of the BQA, and it's been nice to see over the last 20 years that that shift is happening. What do you think are some of the biggest areas that, that you'd like to see improved here in the short term on on farm operations? The, the farmer feeder or the cow-calf guy, what do we need to be thinking about in 2019, given the consumer's demand for meat, given the availability of different medications? There's a whole lot that's changed in five years. What are your big takeaways? I think what you're going to see, it'd be nice to see, is, is uh, I think consumer's going to push for this, is to have uh, protocol in place to show them that we're doing uh, animal welfare, we're doing uh, the vac using the products correctly as they should, uh, maintaining low stress on these cattle, documenting that as well. Because if, if we reduce stress and, and do these things, we're going to have a better health outcome, more performance later on. Uh, and so I think that's what we're going to hopefully see programs come into place that, that we can help 
with with those producers to get that in place. All right. Well, before we let you go, you're talking on Saturday here to the group and uh, you're, you're bringing up all of these concerns to them. Then what does next week look like? What's day to day in the life of a uh, of your job? So next week I am traveling to some cow calf operations that are dealing with some uh infectious disease problems and so we go there and partner with the veterinarian and, and do some diagnostics uh, and we also have some research trials that we're working on as well and so i have to get that started up and so that's kind of what my next week is looking like uh, and then there's fair starting next week as well so that's all going to wrap up that's gonna be a full week absolutely well you're down in the trenches we appreciate it thanks for bringing that expertise to us and our listeners thank you very much All right, huge thank you to uh, Brent Myers there for th- that insight on working livestock or kind of helpful tips on livestock in- during this heat. Um, but Mike, you know, where might our listeners find some helpful tips for our- tips for our podcast? You know, I would say the best place to go is Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. As we mentioned earlier in the show, just search for at Ag News Daily at any of those places, and we will pop up. We want to hear from you. It's the 4th of July weekend. Take some time this or 4th of July Thursday, I suppose. Take some time tomorrow to reflect on what we have as Americans. Even if you're Canadian, have a beer, shoot off some fireworks. You know, let's all celebrate. Um, you can also find us on the web at agnewsdaily.com. And with that, Madison, should we let our listeners go? Let's let them go. Let's go.